Hi, I'm Blanche Baker, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. It's that time once again. It's time for another edition of On Screen to Be On. I'm your host, Brian Zemreich. This is episode 538 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have an Emmy winner coming our way. She's an actress who has been in uh, all kinds of different shows and movies, and she got her Emmy for the movie, the miniseries rather, The Holocaust, and and she was in 16 Candles. Yes, that's right, another person from 16 Candles. If you listen to our reruns episodes, you'll find out we've had, what, probably four different people from that uh, that classic movie? Blanche Baker is going to be coming our way. She's going to be here to talk about her new film called Alice Fades Away. It's coming up in a few minutes, so stick around for that right here on On Screen and Beyond. I want to thank all of the people who have sent emails to me. And uh, you can email me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com if you have anything you want to say or anything. And uh, we are still continuing on revamping the website. And also, uh, like I've said, uh, we are slowly putting up the... <laughs> putting up uh, all our past episodes. Uh, It's a slow process, but they are coming. So uh, if you would like to hear one of them, uh, you can go back and just tell me who you want to hear that uh, we have in our archives, and I'll make sure I get that one up quickly for you. And uh, we did that last week with somebody that wanted to hear a certain one, so I put it up for them. And uh, that's, uh, you know, just uh, something we're going to keep doing because with so many, we have over 500 episodes that we still have to put up, so it's going to take a while. But that's it. That's uh, the wrap of uh, the the beginnings here of On Screen and Beyond for this episode. So why don't we get right into it? Why don't we get into Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness on July 16th. A modern musical adaptation of Cinderella comes our way. No, not from Disney. This one's going to be from Sony Pictures. And it stars Camilla Cabello and Billy Porter and also Dina Menzel and Pierce Brosnan. I don't know if Pierce Brosnan's going to be singing or not, but uh, after Mamma Mia, hopefully not. And let's see, October 1st, uh, the remake of Dune lands on in theaters and on HBO Max, and a big screen remake of Clifford the Big Red Dog arrives on November 5th. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen to Be On, what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies, Zachary Levi will star in a film about famed NFL quarterback Kurt Warner. It's called American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. And Luca arrives on June 18th from Disney Pixar, and it tells the coming-of-age story and the friendship of a human and a sea monster disguised as a human. And Ben Affleck stars in Deep Water on August 13th. It's about a man who lets his wife have affairs, and he becomes a suspect when she disappears. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, why don't we take a trip down to Sequel City and find out what's coming your way as far as... 
Eagles. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City, well, Star Wars Rogue Squadron is coming our way on December 22nd, 2023. And a sequel to 2019's Shazam hits theaters on June 22nd, 2023. And it's called Shazam! Fury of the Gods. And Captain Marvel 2 has a release date of November 11th, 2022. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, let's... Mosey on over and see what's coming our way as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, DC's Stargirl, the complete first season, flies onto DVD on February 23rd. And Chuck, the complete series, hits DVD on March 2nd. And Downton Abbey Season 5 on DVD arrives on March 2nd also. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen to Be On, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Well, that's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. (laughs) Movies on DVD, well, we got some classics coming your way. 1951's Showboat lands on Blu-ray on February 23rd. Rounders from 1998 will come to Blu-ray on February 23rd. And the classic Doris Day, Gordon McRae, on Moonlight Bay will come your way to Blu-ray on February 23rd. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. Well, a Black Panther TV series is in development on Disney+. And a remake of the TV show Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, starring Schitt's Creek's Emily Hampshire is in the works. And a one-hour dramedy starring John Stamos for Disney Plus called Big Shot has stopped production temporarily due to COVID. And it follows the temperamental college basketball coach who gets fired and takes a job at an elite all-girls private high school. Keep you updated on that. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have Blanche Baker joining us here at On Screen and Beyond, Emmy winner. And she was, of course, from the movie 16 Candles. We've got it all. Blanche Baker coming up next to talk about her new movie called Alice Fades Away. Blanche is next right here on On Screen and Beyond. guest today on On Screen and Beyond is an Emmy-winning actress who has appeared in many movies and TV shows over the years, and her Emmy came her way from her performance in the miniseries Holocaust. 
She is most remembered for her role in the film Sixteen Candles as Ginny Baker, and her latest film is a thriller, Alice Fades Away, which is now available on Video On Demand. It's Blanche Baker. Blanche, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you so much. Hi. Now, Blanche, uh, this, this must be exciting. An- another movie for you uh, to put on your <laughs> your your notch. <laughs> yes, it was great. Um, I loved working um, with Ryan Bliss. We had a lot of fun. We were, I'm not sure where, somewhere far away in the Berkshires, and it was a wonderful experience, and it's beautifully um, filmed. Uh, piece and hey, I got my throat split. So awesome experience, <laughs> so much fun. So, so can you give us an idea what uh, Alice Fades Away is about? Uh, so our listening audience. So can... it's a yeah, it's a very dark fairy tale, and that's what I loved about it when I read the script. And it's open to interpretation, and I don't think this is a spoiler alert, but I think some of them are ghosts. But that's just my opinion. And um, it has some very interesting twists and turns. And it was a, a lovely piece for actors with um, a great storyline. So what part do you play in the film? So um, the lady who gets her throat slit. No. <laughs> um, so she, Alice comes to live with us, and she puts us all in danger. And, yeah, I really do face my danger. So uh, we are her her safe house, but it doesn't remain that safe. Wow. And so uh, you mentioned you had read the script. Uh, is is that what got you into the film, or was or did? Yeah, and he has this wonderful cinematographer Ryan that he always works with, Bully David Bully, I think. And uh, he sent me his reel um, along with some of the things. And Ryan worked with him a lot, and I was blown away. What an incredible eye! this guy has and the lighting is stunning and it really lends itself to this um fairy tale the way that it's filmed Mm. so is is that something that you you know tend to look at when you when you try to decide what film you're going to be in is you know well certainly with an independent film and a first-time director yes any other time you're like whoa i got a job amazing because it's (laughs) you know well-known people but you know when it's an independent film particularly a first-time director, you want to be careful that, you know, you're not the, the, the learning ground. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, you could un- end up maybe, you know, someone says, yeah, I just got an iPhone. Let's make a movie in my backyard. So you do have to, I mean, your agents look into it, but you also have to um, make sure that, um, you know, it's a, a valid um, endeavor and um, that you want to give your time and energy to it. And I think that the best part about filmmaking is that it's this collaborative process so you want to make sure these are people that you're on the same page with and that you're really looking forward uh to collaborating with yeah now uh had you ever worked with any of the people who were in the film no 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 and the actors were wonderful a lot of new york actors and we've stayed friendly um you know on facebook and emailing one another because we were you know, away in the Berkshires, um, secluded for a month. We really got to know each other. Was this filmed during COVID, or was this before? No, before. Before. So we're not wearing masks. Ah. We're not coughing. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it was wonderful. Now, not everything is a wonderful experience. Um, sometimes it can be really rough, and um, sometimes it's rough, but it's really worth it. So this had its moments. Um 
we were really in the middle of nowhere. And particularly when I got my throat slit, um, you know, they had fake blood all over me. And I had to, uh, you know, fall dead in the grass. And you know what? The sugar in the fake blood really interests the little buggies there. And I was eaten alive. But, hey... It was okay because I was enjoying being in the film. Uh, but yeah, there are there are always moments like that where you're like, hmm, "What am I doing lying here covered in sugar with ants?" Hmm. Oh, but other than that, all good. Yeah, yeah. How long a shoot was it for you? So we were there for about a month. Oh wow. So it was, uh, it wasn't, you know, lately I've been talking with a lot of different people and they, they, they're telling me, you know, it's a, it was a seven day shoot or, or, or a 14 day shoot or things like that. And it, you know, which is extremely fast, <laughs> but, uh, so. Yeah, this was fast, but, um, it was, it was about a month, um, on and off and, but it was, a, that was nice because you really had this ensemble feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine it's, it's, you know when it is a real quick one like like i say 10 or 14 days or or even some people it's you know they're on set for what a day or two you know and, and then they're gone you know so it must be nice you get to get the feeling of family a little bit when you know you're with these people for, yeah. uh, for a whole month yeah so i i actually i i teach full-time um at the new york film academy and i so i am a bit selective about when i'm going to you know um, take a break from teaching, and uh, you know, at my age, there's not so many roles. When I was younger, there were many more things uh, come your way. It's a very young business, and I really enjoy, um, you know, seeing my students go out and do a certain type of work. But I, I think it's great once in a while, um, and they tend to be horror films lately. Uh, but to do, you know, to, to work myself, and just if it works with the uh, teaching schedule, that's the best. This happened to shoot in the summer, uh, but also it, it interested me. Um, as an actress, and I'm also doing on March 8th. I'm doing a a, a reading of Chris Durang's for whom uh, the Southern Bell tolls, and, and Chris is going to zoom in. So that was a fun project, also because I've worked with him twice before. And when it's something that interests me and is a role that I think I can bring to life, I'm willing to put everything else um, on hold and. Uh, try to realize the project as best as can be realized and in the case with Alice Fades Away you know I like doing independent films also because your filmmaker's vision really makes it to the screen you know it's really um, a much more uh, straight arrow from what's in their head and heart to the screen than it might be with a big Hollywood production right. so that's, that's a nice part of it and um you know, certainly working with uh, Chris Durang again. You know, it's his uh, heart and mind in his in his works, and it's really fun. As I said, a collaborative process, but to bring those visions to life. Mm-hmm. We'll be back with more of our guests right after this short break. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
was acting what you always wanted to do? Well, it's the only thing I knew, really. Everyone in my family is in the arts. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my students say to me, oh, you know, my parents, they don't quite understand this. They want me to go into business. And to me, that's so funny because um, my mother was an actress. My father was a director and teacher. Everybody in the family is in the arts. So if you had, you know, spoken up and said, gee, I want to be a lawyer, they would have looked at you like you were out of your mind. It was the only thing anybody in the family ever did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's always a scramble for everybody to make a living. Um, But, you know, it's all musicians and writers and teachers. And so uh, it's all I I knew. I, I think my big decision was I couldn't decide, should I be a sculptor, a poet, or an actress? which would be the best way to not be able to support myself. I was really confused. And in the end, I ended up doing, um, when, I was, when my kids were, were home, um, I, when my kids were young, I was home, and I did, my, I, I did a lot of sculpting. I, I'm really proud to have a number of portrait busts and buildings. Like, I have a portrait bust that I did of the Dalai Lama that is in the entryway to uh, Tibet House in New York City. Wow. And I have a portrait of um, Mother Teresa at the Caring Institute in Washington, D.C. And I was very fortunate because I grew up in Italy, surrounded by sculpture, and I was able to study with a wonderful... Um, sculptor Bruno Lucchese and it has been something that has also sustained me and I think often um, actors and artists have other things that they do as well in the art sometimes it's just that other part of your brain that mm-hmm. doesn't work like you can't balance your checkbook but uh, you can also sing and dance and you know do some other things so for me really just always um, always the art now when you say sculpting uh, are you doing uh, you know like clay sculpting or are you chiseling and- uh, no well it's Cast, it's it's actually I, uh, I I sculpt in wax and okay. it's uh, bronze. Yeah, then you do the lost wax process. Um, mainly all done in China. Now we used to have a lot more foundries here, um, but yeah, I learned um, you can do for the larger busts. I would do clay, but um, usually wax. I work in wax, huh. and it's just it was nice. You know, at a certain point, I had three. I have four kids, and I had three under the age of nine at home. I couldn't even make it to the mailbox, let alone an audition. So it was wonderful to have something else creative to do. So I think that I've always tried to find that at different times in my life, a way to um, transform whatever you're experiencing into art. I think that's a very uh, rewarding thing. I always tell my students, you know, don't just want to be rich and famous. You know, it's not going to make you happy. But if you pursue this as an art and you find something you're passionate about and you love, it really does make you happy. Hmm. So, Blanche, you say you're, you're teaching now. Um, do yeah. your students tend to sometimes ask you to be in a film that they're making? Oh, we're not allowed to do that. Oh, so, you're not? Uh, uh-huh. No, no. Uh, and I think it's better that way, honestly. Uh, you know, I think you have to delineate um, the student and teacher roles in, in, in some way. But I'm, I'm so proud of the work. Um, that they do. Everything that I, t- I studied with Lee Strasberg and Uta Hagen, mm-hmm. and I actually even got to meet uh, Grotowski because I had been in Poland at a certain point. And um, everything that I teach is based on what my teachers taught, which was on Stanislavski and Stanislavski's system. And so for me to see the students go out and do a certain type of work and give a certain type of performances is really rewarding. Far more rewarding than being in any of their you know projects would be, is just seeing them uh, realize the work in a certain way. 
Yeah. Now, was Holocaust the the very first uh, acting job that you had? I mean, you know, for in TV for or... film. Yes, and I remember going in and then screaming at Lee. I was in Lee Strasberg's class. You didn't tell me for film. I had to do this. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, uh, but that was a very personal um, experience for me. My father uh, was a Holocaust survivor, and before I did the film. I had retraced his uh, path through the concentration camps, and unfortunately, out of 103 members of my family, only two survived. And he was born in Bardiov, Czechoslovakia, and he was liberated uh, from Bergen-Belsen when he was 14 years old. So that project was very personal for me. I'm sure it's why um, the audition had a certain authenticity to it. It resonated with me, and it was interesting. They had a... Um, an anniversary screening of it in Germany, and they interviewed Rosemary Harris and myself. And the lady who was putting the, you know, interview section together for this, um, you know, having it show again on television, said that she really feels it changed the course of things in Germany when that film was was shown there. But for me, uh, it was a very uh, personal. Um, experience and um you know i think it at the time certainly um shed light on things that really weren't out um in the public as much as they are now and and, and since then many more films right. but it was also one of the first miniseries right there yeah. weren't that many yeah. yeah i think roots and and holocaust were the first one yeah and now was it difficult i mean i know you said it was personal but was it difficult doing that knowing that your father had had gone through a similar um, no, I mean, I think that, um, first of all, it was a rather long time ago. So, people always ask me about that, it's like, keep candles, I'm like, let me think way back when. Um, so I think as, um, an artist, there's a separation between the role and your life. You use things from your own life. Um, but it is certainly um, a lot of times you're using, like, remembered emotion. It's not emotion that's unfolding for the first time, and I think that it's just very good if you can find, uh, you know, a project that you really believe in. I think we do very few masterpieces in our lifetimes. If you're in one, you're lucky, and I would say, looking back on it, that film is a masterpiece. And yeah. you never know, honestly. You don't know when you're doing like I did this film also with Meryl Streep called Seduction of Joe Tynan yes. and Alan Alda. I was so sure that was brilliant. Oh my god, that was nothing. Then John Hughes goes and writes something in two weeks. We all think it's just a joke, right? We're improvising half the scenes, everybody's having a black that becomes a cult classic. So I think you really don't know yeah. when you're, you know, involved in it and you always use sort of a combination of your imagination and personalization but when you're recreating something it doesn't have the same sting you know as if you were experiencing it for the first time it's the actor's experience of things yeah now with the seduction of joe tynan um how was it for you working with alan all i mean at that time alan alder was was big. <laughs> oh, I loved Al. He was so great, and he was at the he was at the Emmy Awards uh, when I got the Emmy for Holocaust. And then I remember we were on vacation years later, um, and I ran into him uh, at, at you know he was in the, the the same you know vacation resort area that we were, and I ran into him on a tennis court, 
and uh, it was a lovely reunion. He, he was just wonderful, supportive, um, incredible human being. He was a huge star, and it was, you know, one of my first experiences on film, and you couldn't have wished for a more uh, gentle and uh, encouraging uh, star to be working with. Mm. What about Meryl Street? Now, she wasn't a big star at that time. No, no. And she, I mean, for me, that was, I got to work with a great artist, you know, mm-hmm. it's, there's so many layers. It's like, if you look at a Van Gogh, you know, all the layers of paint, when you watch Meryl Streep work, all the layers, it's fascinating. And, uh, yeah, I'm still in awe of her. Yeah. What about, uh, did you, when you were making Holocaust, uh, did you, I mean, could you even imagine that you were going to get an Emmy for it? And what was your no. reaction when you heard that, that you were going to get an Emmy? <laughs> Um, well, you know, I can't remember <laughs> how long ago. Um, but no, I mean, I think if you do things to get awards, they're probably not too good, right? Mm. Most of the things that are good, it's just people really believe in them. They're passionate about it. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, it, 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 it turns out well. People really, um, you know, put their heart into it. And as I said, it's a collaborative art. Sometimes it really comes together beautifully. And it's a wonderful experience to go, you know, you make something out of nothing, all these projects. And um, sometimes there's really a wonderful um, experience when you, in in this case, you, you know, shed light on some kind of human experience. And then people who watch it uh, are moved by it. Hmm. Now, what about Sixteen Candles? How did you get into that film? Was that something they were looking for? I auditioned. You had to audition? <laughs> was, it, was it a big, you know, like a cattle call type thing? Uh, no, I, I mean, I had agents then because I'd already done uh, a, a lot of work. And, um, you know, you, it always feels like that. You know, you're in a room <laughs> with a, a lot of other uh, people. I, the only thing I remember is, um, you know, doing the, I'm high, you know, at my wedding on, on painkillers. And I remember they wanted me to do that scene in the audition. So all I remember is that I was, you know, stumbling around and I slid onto the desk and I knocked the producer's papers all on the floor. <laughs> and I was thinking, okay, totally blew it, done, forget it. You know, it was just, an, but it ended up being a happy accident, and they picked up the papers, and I guess it was okay. Did you continue acting in the part, or did you all of a sudden stop oh, and say, oh, yes, I'm so sorry? You know, yeah, I just, and then afterwards, you know how you, sometimes you will talk to yourself. <laughs> I remember, I think, just being sort of, uh, a little upset with myself, but I guess they, they they didn't mind. Sometimes if you do something that's appropriate for the script, even if it's a a little unexpected, you might actually end up getting the role. They notice you because they right. have to pick up all the papers. Yeah, yeah. They look through, looking through the list later on. They say, "Oh, yeah, that's the one that knocked oh, yeah, everything the one over." <laughs> my old desk up. Okay. <laughs> so, was the experience working on that film? I mean. You know, it's it's now it's a, a classic. I mean, you know, everybody. I mean, I've actually had a lot of the people in that movie on my show. Uh, <laughs> Every time one of my kids turns sixteen, I'm suddenly cool. It's like, yeah, mom, <laughs> you can come in the room. They all still watch it. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was lovely. And you know, Molly and I worked together a few years ago. We hadn't seen each other in thirty years. And we did a Christmas special for the Lifetime channel called Wishing and Hoping. And we were both playing nuns. So things change. 
<laughs> well, that's, that's good. Uh, so you, have you worked with any of the other people from that uh, 16 Candles besides Molly? No, actually. Yeah. I haven't, no. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's crazy business. You never know who you're yeah. going to end up working with again. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, overall, uh, were there any things that you remember from that film that, uh, you know, like you mentioned the... The, what happened at the audition? But oh, any, yeah, there's anything? a couple things. You know, I remember I walked into my, my hotel room one day, and, you know, I was a little bit older because I was playing the older sister, so I mm-hmm. was, like, you know, three or four years older than the rest of them. And Anthony Michael Hall uh, had hung himself up on, there were hooks in my room to hang, like, a coat or something. Yep. And I had walked into my room, and it took me a while to know, and he was hanging on a coat hook in my <laughs> room. And I just remember Screaming! Oh, they thought that was so funny. So they, uh, yeah, they played some some tricks on me. And I do remember that we lost a half day of shooting because they were tr- they had to have this dog pee on this on Getty maybe on getting what I'm or so anyway. And they had to rig the dog's leg, and they were like tying the dog's leg up with fishing line to, so that it would pee. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is really like, not what I imagined for filmmaking. Uh, that the emphasis would be on holding the dog's leg up, so all sorts of crazy things like that. Hmm. Yeah, boy, that's, I mean, that that is a film, like you say, that everybody just keeps watching over and over and over. It seems it's, it seems it's never going to never gonna end. <laughs> no, and, you know, I think Breakdancing, a film called Breakdancing, was number one at the box office when it came out. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Yeah. You never know with these things. I want to finish up with a, a, a one final, <clears throat> excuse me, one final question. But uh, I just want to remind everybody that 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 the Alice Fades Away is available, and they can get it on video on demand, and uh, they can catch you getting getting what happens to you happen to you. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, but the the final question is. Now, of course, everybody's got a lot of time to sit back and, uh, you know, not do too much right now, uh, except watch and binge TV. And what are your favorite movies now and of the past? And what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? Wow. All right. That's a big question. Um, I guess recently um, I, I like that movie, The Favorite. Um, I just think she's, she's amazing. I liked... Um, you know, historically, like if you go back to, to older films, um, you know, I think, um, well, I mean, you could start with On the Waterfront, but, uh, you know, The Deer Hunter, uh, some of this is a brilliant movie. And um, I'm, all, I'm a huge Denzel Washington fan, so um, I like a lot of his, his films. And as far as television goes, this is really funny, but lately I'm binge watching Call My Agent. The French series, oh my goodness, I absolutely love that. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend Call My Agent. Hmm. Now, what, what about when you were growing up, when you were a kid? Is there any certain shows you watched religiously well, you know, every day? I grew, every I grew up in Italy, so I don't oh. have the same um, you know frame of reference. My mother had been a star in Hollywood, and then she broke her contract with Paramount, and she was blacklisted, and she couldn't work. Ooh, and wow. it was the time of Spaghetti Westerns and Clint Eastwood in Italy. So we moved to Italy, and she started up her career um, again there. And I was very fortunate to grow up in Rome. But the television shows were not exactly what was being seen in the United States. 
So you weren't watching Lost in Space and and uh, the uh, no, the flying nun like and. <laughs> Singing competitions, I remember, was the big thing. We would tune in for all the big uh, singing festivals. So it was a precursor, I guess, to some of the shows that are on now in the United States. But I remember that was the big deal on on television in Italy at the time. Hmm. Wow. So, well, Blanche, I, I really want to thank you so much. It's been fascinating listening to what you've said about uh, your career and also Alice Fades Away, which is available. Everybody should get a hold of that on all video, video on demand platforms and uh, I thank you so much for taking the time and thank you so much and I want to thank Blanche Baker for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond and uh, be sure to check out Alice Fades Away she's going to be in that film and it sounds like a fun one so uh, be sure to check that out it's available now on video on demand well, things are moving along, like I had said earlier. We're working on the you know, how the new website's going to look and uh, get things updated and get things you know all together here, get the 500 episodes back up on there for you so you can hear those if you're new. If you are new to On Screen and Beyond, thank you for joining us. And also, uh, if you uh, would le- like to leave and help us out by leaving a, you know, um, a review or whatever they call it, and depending on the podcast provider that you're getting your podcast from, uh, if you could leave a review there or, you know, five-star review, whatever, it would help us out to get us up in the ratings so more people will hear on screen and beyond. I'd appreciate that for uh, you to take that little bit of time to do that. And, uh, of course, tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond. And as we get the, all the old episodes back up, like they have been all along for since 2007, uh, we will get those back for you. And uh, you can enjoy all those episodes. And uh, if you want to contact me, contact me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when do we once again take you on screen and beyond? I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.